When a woman doesn't understand a man's sensitivities in this area, she will tend to unintentionally turn him off, saying things like this. You're not doing it right. I don't like that. Ouch, that hurts. Don't touch me like that. Not like that. Not yet. Not there. I'm not ready. What are you doing? This kind of feedback can simply shut a man off immediately. Now, wouldn't you say you would want the man shut off if you're saying those kinds of things? No. Absolutely not. It is not a woman's job to shut off a man with her pain. This book has taught you so much. I know how to I know how to please a man now. Finally. Hello, and welcome to Six Sheets Under. My name is Reggie, and today I am joined yet again by the ghosty. That's me. So, technically, yet again, I do have an educator on here. <laughs> that is true. This, this everybody needs to know this is actually now a podcast of educators. No, no, not of educators. Run by... And hosted. Let me correct you there. Um, actually, it's ran by. Okay. And there goes your degree. I don't need it to be an educator anyway. They're taking anybody now. So today, we have another book discussion. And we're doing the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus by Dr. John Gray. <laughs> But we'll explain the question behind that later. So, I read Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And you, well, I tried reading <laughs> through. You were reading... I read Mars and Venus in the Bedroom, the Sexy Companion Guide. Is it the Sexy Companion Guide? No, that was just my spin on it. your spice? <laughs> I had a real hard time. Like, I had to get up. And walk away from the book multiple times while trying to do notes for this. It is, it's bad. There's been a lot of anger quoting. It, it's, <laughs> it's been, it's been a journey and not one of any kind of discovery. Okay, what did you learn? I learned that John Gray has a big gender problem. Mm. And that I understand boomers a lot better now. <laughs> this book is very gendered. It's one that's, I feel like the whole point of it mm -hmm. is just to enforce gender roles, pretty much. Extremely so. Yeah. And it's not even subtle about it. And oh, they no, even, it's very explicit. And they even mention, well, you might think you're this, but really women are women and men are men. I'm excited to hear you talk about one of your anger quotes about the hormones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Should we talk about your sperm sack quotes on there? <laughs> yeah. No, the, the bedroom book seems like he doesn't know anatomy too well. He makes some interesting... Um, observations about anatomy and how it impacts sex. Mm -hmm. I need to find that quote. The sperm sac? Mm-hmm. About how, it's about how men are always ready to go. And they need that release. Because they have a sperm sac. A sperm sac ready and waiting mm -hmm. to find release. In the introduction and the foreword of this book, he makes it very clear, painfully so, that he is such a dedicated father. He wants that very stated. He has, I believe, two stepdaughters and a single daughter. Oh, so he has all daughters. Yeah, he has all daughters. That's interesting. He claims to have saved marriages in airports. Mm. He's Seems intrusive mm -hmm. of him. Boundary crossing. This book will automatically improve communication. <laughs> He also lists all the other books to buy, which there's quite a few of them. There's a lot. I think there's around 15. 
I think. I didn't get a real count on it. I got to the title Mars and Venus in the Bedroom, and I was like, that's the one. That's the, that's the one I'm over. reading. It does seem really uh, grifty, and a lot of things about this book, as mm-hmm. it turns out, are really grifty when you get into his personal life. There's clear homophobia in the book. Oh, yes. When he's referencing, you know, people that aren't straight, hetero, gender normative. He says, I am simply pointing out. Anytime there's that kind of language, I'm just simply saying. Mm. I'm just saying. It's like, no, you're you're really trying to say man to man and woman is woman. I think they he he says it pretty explicitly in this book. And he spends a good amount of time in their introduction talking about the dangers of AIDS. Mm. Which feels very pointedly homophobic. Yeah, and probably a little racist. Probably a little racist, too, yeah. Yeah. And there's also, the books are very male-focused. It's how women can please men and Mm -hmm. how women can be better for men. Yeah, and I feel like the male part, it just kind of explains how they are, according to John Gray. But not, at least in this one, I feel like it doesn't state as much like the way that like the men need to change or adapt to the women. Mm -hmm. And he does it too in such a way that everything has a weird story he has to tell. There's so many anecdotes and like weird like, well, if Jim does this and Patty does this, then Jim and Patty would be much happier. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is some of the worst fan fiction I've ever read. <laughs> and going as far as saying, and then their relationship was miraculously changed. Does he use the word miraculous? Yes, that was a direct quote. Okay. He changed Jim and Patty's miraculous marriage. Okay. He's also claimed to have visited readers of this book six years later after they've read the book. To be welcomed into their home and have dinner with them and see just how much his book has changed their life. Mm -hmm. Because he's such a successful, busy man that he's got time to just pop into readers' lives. And they want that. They want that, clearly. There's thousands of inspirational comments that he's been given from people about this book. (laughs) Thousands of people have communicated how much this book has done for them. (laughs) He does kind of touch on, is it okay for the roles to be reversed? It is not. Okay, so he he makes that clear. Mm-hmm. He touches on that a little bit from what I've seen of Mars and Venus in the bedroom. But it's just in the way that, like, women today are moving out of the traditional gender roles. And he makes it pretty clear that that is the problem in the lives, in the sex lives of men and women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a positive thing. Also, one thing I learned... The term man cave comes from this book. Yeah, I'd like to hear more about how that starts. Well, it's because Martians lived in their caves, and we'll get to that. Okay. I took notes up through chapter four and just, I was like, done with the book. <laughs> I get the gist. You get the gist pretty quickly in yeah. these books. I'm, I stuck it out for as long as I could, but it, yeah, I just, I'm not melting my brain that hard. So where are you going to start in the beginning? We'll start in the beginning. Start beginning of time. The genesis of the <laughs> Martians and the Venusians, which I hate calling them. We're just going to call them men and women Please as much as I can. Please don't use those terms. <laughs> Martian They're and awful. Venusian. So what happened was men on Mars actually discovered the women on Venus. Okay, and because how did that the women it? were just waiting for the men to discover. They were all unhappy. But the man had to build a telescope using his power and mental abilities while the women just waited to be discovered. And the women had to wait for the man to come to them Mm -hmm. because they were incapable of those kind of tasks. He makes it very clear that men and women are supposed to be different. There's Yeah, not he's not trans happy. You're either one. But they're or... supposed to be together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's why there's a penis and one's a vagina. They're supposed to fit together. 
Isn't that the logic that most people use? Certain people, certain kinds of people use that logic. Mm -hmm. Basically, that's like the origin of where this book is coming from. Okay. Men have to discover women. How do you feel about that? And then what... So the woman's role is just to be discovered. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's incapable of doing anything. Mm Mm-hmm. So she... The man needs the woman emotionally. The woman... Needs the man more to do stuff for her. I mean, that's the exact logic in Mars and Venus in the bedroom. Well, I mean, it's hard to discover the clit. (laughs) I believe you mentioned a quote about that one. Well, it was... he. You know, I I will... There is some good advice about clits in this book. Mm -hmm. That... I have to give him some credit for. Well, he spent seven years researching clits. <laughs> he does talk about his own sexual sexual explorations in Mars and Venus in the bedroom, which is, I might be taking your part here, but that he was celibate for nine years, which really I think is probably like 27 years according to his timeline. And then he started having sex again, and he got really into it, and he would talk to all of his sexual partners about what they liked, and Mm -hmm. I don't believe it. (laughs) No, there's some weird kind of culty MLM feelings behind his beginnings. It's definitely like an origin myth that he has created for himself about why he has... Some kind of authority to talk on this. Mm -hmm. In chapter two, he gets into how men wear uniforms to show authority and power and knowledge. That's why men are cops and soldiers and women aren't. I feel like that logic doesn't hold up. And that men don't read things like Psychology Today or People magazine. Okay. Because they're not interested in that kind of thing. Hmm. Coming from a supposed doctor. <laughs> Are they not interested in it because that's kind of the woman's job? Mm-hmm. They like fishing in cars. Sure. That's direct quote. They like racing cars and fishing. I mean, if you looked on Tinder, that's what you're seeing. <laughs> it's a lot of fishing, not a, car. <laughs> not a whole lot of cars. Well, I don't think we're maybe in the right area for it. Yeah, I think Oregon's not too car heavy. Or the fishing. Yeah. It also says that while men wear uniforms, women dress for beauty. And women value beauty <laughs> above all else. So if a woman's so not woman. if a woman's not valuing her beauty, she's clearly not being womanly enough. And is she does he touch on the why? Like is is it supposed to be that that's just their job is to be beautiful for beautiful for men or is it just like oh they value it so... themselves okay so he's going in the direction that women that's value how he's their appear- for placing it okay and women also value relationships more than themselves <laughs> so women have to be in relationships to be happy that's interesting mm-hmm. then why did the martians have to seek out the women so strongly because the martians were feeling real depressed that they were just so isolated in their man caves they needed someone to say thank you when they built something (laughs) because only men build oh that's another quote okay men are the builders and the women are the caretakers (laughs) men still sought out the woman Mm mm-hmm because they needed someone to look up to them and love them. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that really our job? Just to boost boost men up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obviously. And so part of that is, and this feels like it really stems from somewhere in him, that in a relationship, if there is a child... It is bad for the child to see the father criticized by the mother in any way. He he must have some complexes around criticism because it comes up a lot in mm-hmm. men or Mars and Venus in the bedroom. Like it, he makes it clear. But it's weird that it comes up so much because he's such a pro at sex. 
Well, it's just he's just hearing about it. He's, he's just, just here. Knows. He's just hearing it's out of it. Him. The thousands of he's not getting criticism. The thousands of you know things that have been said to him. But he makes it so clear. I feel like in almost every chapter that as a woman, you should not criticize or control or tell them to stop or tell or them to stop say or it no. Hurts. <laughs> that is how you turn off a man is by criticizing him. And I guess criticism is any form of refusal. Yeah, no, that's not grooming for any kind of sexual assault or abuse. No, that was definitely, I feel like, one of the most shocking. Yeah, no, passages. you gave me a face when you read it. It was, it was because I was trying to give him a lot of credit, and I do think, you know, to be objective, there's some valid stuff. And then I read that, and it. It just blows it all out. Yeah, yeah no, because I mean, he talks about communication being important. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's important. But then he's like, and the man should do this this way, and the woman should do it this way. It's like, uh, and you lost me. Mm-hmm. Like, anytime he says something that might be positive, instantly gets snatched away, like yes. a line later. Absolutely. Speaking of lines, my favorite thing about this book, at least on the digital reader, I don't have the paper. Anytime he feels it's an important quote, that just gets repeated right below it in nice, bold block lettering. And it's literally like right below it. Yes. And it's every page. Mm-hmm. Like there's just one about every page. I feel like he writes those lines and then he's like, that was really good. Yeah. Pat myself on the back. <laughs> I think I'm going to make that one bold. Hey, honey, take a look at this. <laughs> look you see, at this. Do you see what I wrote? Tell me how good I am. Don't criticize me. <laughs> Don't criticize Oh, yeah, back to the woman resisting. When a woman resists a man's solutions. Oh, okay. So you don't want to resist a man's solutions. Why not? Because then he's not solving a problem for you. You need to say, yes, that's what I'm going to do because you're right. Does... If you tell a man, if you resist a man, his willingness to listen understandably lessons it's understandable for the man to stop listening to you this man must have been criticized so much as a child Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of uh women should be silent and coming from the combined with that this is very rapey yeah this is very college well she was drunk and she only said no once there's a there I I had a hard time finding anything. Like this is why I had to get up and walk away from this book <laughs> so many times. I was like, this is Law and Order SVU shit. Like It you can This is like when you go to like a mega church and they talk about how women should just take it. Yeah. I mean that's when I put it down, that was the the basic message. But again, to be objective, like, there is some good, I don't even want to say good. There is some. Here, I'll give you some good advice. And this is a quote. I'm going to be quiet and listen to you because I think that's. Perfect. Because if you are a woman, I suggest that for the next week, Practice restraining from giving any unsolicited advice or criticism. Mm. What will that do for the relationship? That's clearly going to make your man feel more listened to Mm -hmm. and just make him feel better about himself because there's no advice or criticism because you're wrong and he's right. Does he at all offer suggestions on how to communicate that's in chapter three okay chapter three is men go to their caves and women talk so men go to their man caves so i don't know you were talking about what's a man cave before Mm. so that's the whole idea of i guess now it's also evolved into like before it was like oh man has their their office or their den you know you have your whiskey and your books and your the woman's not allowed to bother the man when he's in there. And that kind of I've seen evolve into they have their sports room where them they go and watch football. 
or now it's the gaming room where they have their computer and they go game Mm -hmm. and they shouldn't be bothered when they're in there that's their time that's Mm -hmm. their isolation and they'll come out when they're ready so this is both a physical and emotional Mm -hmm. and psychological cave Mm -hmm. okay it's their isolation okay and you shouldn't go in there because they need to just have that to themselves and they'll come out when they're good and ready and you have to wait for them. Mm-hmm. That's the advice. Does he touch on the reason why? Because men feel invalidated if they're being told they're doing something wrong. Okay. Okay. Even from other bros. Bros can't talk to bros unless bros ask for bros. Does it? Then the bros can bro together. <laughs> The Martians can... Martians don't like being offered solutions from other Martians. The Bromanch... Bro... I don't think I can make Martian and bro work. Marlboros? No. That's a cigarette? (laughs) They just have their smoking Marlboros. Smoking the poles. Okay, so men have to go to their caves. And what do women do when... She like, seeks out someone she trusts and then talks in great detail. Which is contradicted later in the book where he says women talk erratically and about all kinds of different subjects. Hmm. And they just want to talk, talk, talk and not really be talking about anything. They just want to talk. Women talk too much and they need to be quiet. <laughs> Do you see any validity in that? No. I think that just listening to someone's emotions is important, regardless of gender. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the cave thing is, like, everyone wants their alone time. I think that's true, and I think... But he places a lot of emphasis yeah. on this cave idea. Like, he was not allowed in his dad's room, apparently. <laughs> he was not allowed a lot of stuff as a child, I, was, I don't think. I think he got told no a lot. I don't think the uh, celibacy was really his choice. He said he was a monk. Well, we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. Women generally do not understand how men cope with stress. Which is the cave. The cave. Mm -hmm. They like to, or solving problems like fixing a sink. Because that's not forgetting or pushing anything down or hiding anything. It's just they cope with stress by doing other things. Mm -hmm. Super healthy. (laughs) Extremely not going to go beat my kid energy. I do feel like he is speaking to some socially, like some gender socialization. That's funny because women have unrealistic expectations and unhealthy emotions. So oh, I think, they're unhealthy. Yeah, your emotions are also unhealthy. So when you're talking so, about it, you're spreading the unhealthiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are they unhealthy? I don't know. It doesn't really get oh, into doesn't. that. Oh, it doesn't? just... <laughs> They just are. Their emotions are just unhealthy okay. and unpredictable and wild. Okay. That's definitely not a trope that has been heard in society, that women can't control their emotions. Mm-hmm. But by randomly talking about her problems, she becomes less upset. Oh, right. So she just randomly talks about her problems. Mm. No, not provoked or not brought on by anything. Just randomly her problems. Just word vomits. Yeah. And does she do this to the man? She wants to, but okay. she has to wait until the man's ready to listen. Got it. See, you're, I don't think you're really understanding. You keep trying to butt into this podcast and talk. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I will now remain silent for the rest of this time. Oh, that would be so boring. I'd, <laughs> I'd feel like shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I got something that will make you feel better. To feel better, women talk about past problems, future problems, potential problems, Uh. and problems that have no solutions. (laughs) Just makes you feel better. I wish there was a you. I wish I had a camera for this because you just your face just keeps getting more and more like unhappy smile, like that uneasy smile. It's just. The fact that this book it is so popular with a so certain pop- age like group. We, you say the title, 
like our age group too. You say the title, we know what book this is. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing him go on Oprah when I was a kid. Oh yeah, he and even had about this he book. had his own show as well. It didn't last very long, like a lot of things, but he had his own show. He had his own show on 180 channels. Interesting. It was like in 2000, something like that. Oh no, he's it's well known. He's got his own company. That sells this idea, hmm. this core concept. But this, I mean, this concept—it's not his. It's this is this is like gender norms one hundred and one. And a lot of them, it said he's been accused of uh, borrowing a lot of the work of Deborah. Oh, of course. Tannen, yeah, Deborah Tannen. Mm-hmm. I just want to read it, Deborah. I just read too many like fantasy, fantasy books. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Deborah the Deborah. Barbarian. Deborah Tannen. So he's been accused of that. And he says, well, I've never read her book. and These are all my ideas. It's not, they're not even his ideas, though. They're literally just if you took the gender t- stereotypes from a Bible. This is and American re- society in general. I well, think what American society did with religion. Let's look at it that way. Mm. Like the Puritan. Women need to gender. shut up. Socialization. Yeah, men need to do the work, mm-hmm. and women need to be quiet. Hearing what you're saying about that book, though, it makes me realize that this book is maybe the men or Mars and Venus in the bedroom is way more progressive than yours, despite. And I hate to say despite, but like despite the like rapiness of this book, it. Oh, I don't want to compliment it at all. It does, I feel like, give women a little more agency, I guess. But it's still agency in relation to male pleasure. How'd that feel wording it that way? <laughs> that looked, that looked painful. <laughs> I was really dancing around that. You are just one of those people who are like, I gotta find the niceness in something. There are, like, there were some parts where I was like, okay, cool, dude. Like, he talks about how important the clitoris is. I'm like, okay, valid. That's true. Doesn't, you, you read me some things about the clitoris that were like, don't please yourself because he's going to feel bad if you're doing No, okay, but you can't, what it was is you're not supposed, you can't tell them. Mm-hmm. in the act that you don't like what they're doing because then they'll feel criticized mm-hmm. and they won't like that. But he did, he did say that, like, let's see, chapter three, how to drive a woman wild. He, so he does talk about, okay, here's one. If a man is not touching a woman's clitoris for a long enough time, I suggest that she reach down and continue touching herself. Valid. Pretty good advice if you just stopped right there. Just that that Mm -hmm. one sentence. But then he goes on and says, in this way, he gets the message loud and clear, but doesn't feel criticized, corrected, or controlled. Because it always comes back to that. Yeah, because... Ooh! (laughs) Or there's this one. By first accepting a man's tendencies to forget her needs, a woman can begin to get what she wants. If she is angry with him, it is hard for him to hear her legitimate requests. So she just needs to be okay with him not pleasing her. And eventually he'll get the picture. Maybe. A little bit what it sounds like. (laughs) Maybe if you're lucky. (laughs) Anyway, so like in that way, I do feel like there is a little bit of, there is a little bit of agency for women. But it's still so deeply entrenched in some harmful gender stereotypes about the meaning and significance of sex. One of the five common misunderstandings is the term, I feel like you aren't even here. When the man is there, she's just asking too much of him. Mm-hmm. What is what is too much? Well, like if you were to say something like you don't listen. A man only needs 
5% of himself to listen. Mm-hmm. A woman needs all of someone to listen. A man only needs to use 5% because he's that much more superior. Mm. He's better off doing 95% something else and 5% listening. And is he is the implication that a woman has to devote all of herself to listening? Or is it that she expects... She needs it and expects it. Okay. That's the asking too much of a man. And is he suggest? What is his suggestion then for to just accept that he sometimes won't be paying attention to her, and that she needs to stop and wait in silence until he notices her. (laughs) This is what it says. No, it doesn't. It says she should stop, wait patiently for him to notice her. Okay, well, if I want to spin this to be a positive. (laughs) Oh my God, that would be such a fun episode. How can you make this a positive? Reggie just says shitty things, (laughs) and then I just spin them right back around. Such a horrible idea, though. I don't want to justify this book in any way. I know, know, I know you have your, like, you have to make everything positive because you're a teacher kind of deal, Mm -hmm. but there's... We're educators. There's the there's just no read I can't this book's irredeemable. Here's what I can say. Anything positive you can learn from this book, there's much better sources out there. Now there is. Mm-hmm. Maybe there weren't at the time. Oh, well, apparently Deborah Tannen had a lot of better ideas. Yeah. There were other books that were presenting the similar ideas and less sexist, gender binary. But here's the thing. What if if you could read the book, taking out all gendered language, there goes, pronouns. There goes about three quarters of the book. <laughs> Remove I mean, his dumb stories and any gender inequalities. And it's like there's a quarter of this book left, maybe. And it's really just listen mm. and listen. I mean, the point could be... You know what? I'm going to stop. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have been saying anything this whole time. No, I'm acknowledging you. You can talk now. May I? Sir? No, you know I hate that <laughs> word. You know how much I hate the word sir. I bet John Gray doesn't. <laughs> Probably doesn't. I wonder what he likes to get called in bed. Master. Pastor. Master pastor. <laughs> Master Pastor, give her her blaster. I think there is something to be said about the exploration of different communication styles, just, but I don't think that's gendered. I just realized Gray is also the name of the character in Fifty Shades. He liked to be called Sir, I believe. I don't know. I never read those shitty books. You really missed out on some education. <laughs> Education this podcast has been fighting against. Anyway, you were on chapter three. I think we're still on three, but I mean, all I stopped after like four. Did you notice I was having a hard time with the in the bedroom is that he labeled chapters with some kind of clear expectation of what was going to be in it, Mm -hmm. but there didn't. It seemed to all run together into one kind of... It doesn't of... need chapters. It's Mm-mm. all one thing. And it's... And it reiterates the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of self-help books do. That is true. I think that is a lot of self-help books. It's almost that like kind of they brainwashy... Take, they take one idea and say it a thousand different ways. Until so you, you believe it. And you think you're hearing something new every time, but it's the same core concept page mm-hmm. after page after page. Mm-hmm. I am very biased against self-help books. I grew up in a family that had a lot of them. And they were all terrible. There's a lot of repetition. Mm-hmm. Or even better, made up like made up stories that are supposed to sound real. Yeah, I think they all have that. Yeah. I mean, John Gray, obviously. That sounds like a fake name the more we say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not real. No, it's his real name. What is the Gray and... Fifty Shades? I don't know. I didn't read them. You read them. Christian. Hmm. Christian Gay. Gray. Christian Gray. That's a hard name to say. Well, 
That's why you just call him master. I thought it was sir. I don't know. <laughs> you need to catch back up on your books. I do. I've been busy with this one. I'm trying to yeah. learn how to please a man. Well, For once. Here's how to motivate the opposite sex. Mm. See, men found women with technology, while women waited to find them. The Venusians, the women, need the Martian power and competence. So to motivate a man, you have to give him something to solve or fix. Mm-hmm. And you got to stay out of his way while he does it. Mm-hmm. See, women are already compulsive by nature. I didn't say that. It absolutely says women are compulsive by nature and they need men to help rein their compulsions in. What kind of compulsions? All kinds. Shopping? I'm sure. <laughs> That's what we like to do. That's how you solve it. Okay. Women are compulsive. Hmm. And see, men are givers and women are the receivers. Huh. Emotionally and everything. What? Mm-hmm. No, that's backwards. Well, that's what he says. I'm thinking the men giving and the women receiving has a lot more to do than just emotions. Like what? Hmm. Like the penis and the vagina. Mm-hmm. He does talk about certain parts of women being softer and rounder and men being angled and harder yep he talks about that in this one too and men are cold and you have your nice moist warm caves that was in oh that was in mine you like having it called a moist cave (laughs) men do like going to their caves that baby oh my gosh he has expertly crafted this world world Of moist caves. Well, because we went from a sad, cold... He got lost in a cave cold... as a child. <laughs> that is a... <laughs> and they got criticized by yeah. his parents afterwards. and then afterwards. Like, he got, had to get rescued. He came out. His mom was just criticizing and criticizing him. And then he came. And then he came. Ooh, what if he is into the real degradation stuff? Which way, though? He oh. like, yeah, he likes to be talked down to. Yeah, I could see it. But he has to write all these books to make it seem like he's not like that. Yeah. This is the cover. That's about as far as I get through the book. After that, I mean, it's like we said, it's just a repeat, repeat word salad. It really is. And it's... Was that Maude? Mm-hmm. One of the interns she speaking needs up. She to be quieter. Mm-hmm. And not tell Manly what to do. She needs to let him. He is the man. So, you want to talk about John Gray or do you want to talk about your books some more? I have some quotes I can read. Yeah. But I, I can I do like, it at the end. No, I like your quotes. I I have a lot. Let's go with a few then. Ugh. Where to begin? <laughs> well, I really liked... <laughs> one thing he really emphasized in the beginning of this one is the different approaches to sex that men and women have and he makes it so clear that like women need the romance and like the seduction and she has to feel loved before she can be sexual and that the man needs that the man needs sex in order to feel love or to encourage love so y'all don't like sex not unless we're in love Clearly. Certainly not. And you must be romanced. I have to be for days. I think he even, it has to happen for days in advance. Mm. He's not a fan of Tinder. Well, I feel like he might be on Grindr. I feel like he'd be on FetLife. Ooh, is this the, uh, he might be on FetLife. (laughs) Oh, is this the part about the semen? No, but this is, again, the, like, women need... The be... romance. Mm-hmm. It says the difference is reflected physiologically. The hormones in a man's body that are responsible for arousal quickly build up and then are quick re- quickly released after orgasm. For a woman, arousal slowly builds long before it becomes a physical desire for sex. Before longing for sexual stimulation, the woman, the wo- a woman first feels warm, sensual, and attractive. Oh, it could be days before she wants to have sex. There you go. <laughs> see, he, he, he sets it up. Well, I'm like, oh, okay, I can see it. 
And then he just, he knocks your right back down again. Let's see what else we have. There is a good amount in the beginning about, you know, the roles changing and... How that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a pretty good one, I think. Oh, I, I highlighted it. A long passage. Through touching her softness and entering the warmth of her loving body, he is able to remain hard and masculine, but also experience his own softness and warmth. Through skillfully restraining his sexual passions, he is able to gradually open up, not just to pleasurable sensation, but to the deeper joy of loving his partner and being loved in return. Okay, do you think love there means, like, fucking? Well, his whole point is that sex allows men to feel love. Okay, it sounded like that was more like he needed to edge himself. (laughs) No, I don't think he's a fan of edging. Okay. I think he, he needs immediate sexual release. Well, yeah, his sperm sack is just waiting for it. It's waiting. It's been waiting. It's always waiting. But as soon as it's done, I mean, he's got to wait to recharge. Okay, and that, but then he gives some very... I was surprised at the, the practical advice that he gives. Like, let's see. Men, imagine having sex without having your penis stimulated. It would certainly not be very much fun. In a similar way, for a woman to enjoy great sex, stimulation of the clitoris for 5 to 15 minutes is necessary if he wants her to have an orgasm. God, he is such a pro with that clit. And he even says in the next page, I think, time it. Just look at look at the clock when you start touching her mm-hmm. and time it. He's a pro. He's a pro. He's always shooting for that five minute. But it's okay if he goes 15. And it doesn't hurt the woman at all. She says it hurts. She's lying. That's a turn off. Yeah. Because he's doing it wrong. Don't say it. Yeah. You just sit there and you take the pain. Mm-hmm. And if he's doing it wrong, he's doing it wrong. You don't want to compromise his emotions. Okay. I think that's all the quotes I have for now. I didn't get far either. I got to page 42. Yeah. These, uh, these were tough. These were... These were harder than was expected, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think we both kind of thought we would fly through it. Yeah. With a little more ease. No, my brain would be mush. So, a little bit about John Gray. He was born on December 28th, 1951. Mm-hmm. And then, in 1969, at the age of 18, he became celibate to work with a yogi. Afterwards... He began his career as an author and relationship counselor. He found this yogi and became celibate after going to a transcendental meditation lecture. That's really interesting. And he becomes the yogi's personal assistant. Hmm. There are so many stories of various cults starting like that. Hmm. There's a lot. I'm not going to say all of the podcasts that talk about them. But there's some really good podcasts about cults. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1992, he publishes Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. I think you said yeah, that one was 95? 95, yeah. Yeah. So he's been slowly building this universe. In 1997, Gray opens Mars and Venus Counseling Centers, hmm. where it's not really for counseling people. He trains counselors and trains therapists. And his techniques in this book, mm-hmm. only for a one-time fee, but then you have to pay monthly to be able to say that you're still part of the group. And do they have to get two more people to join, and then they get two more people to join? Is that what's happening? You know, I didn't see it broken down like that. I would not be surprised. <laughs> and 2004... He began selling his marketing skills and stuff through Genesis Intermedia. And Genesis Intermedia had a class action lawsuit later on accusing them of stock manipulation. Hmm. So, just something that happened. Interesting. Not going to (laughs) comment. 
Um, he's also been marketing dietary supplements since 2005. Which has to be two women. No, there's uh, the super minerals for women and girls. You make Ugh. sure it says women and girls. That makes it creepier. And then he also has the super minerals for men. Okay, I wonder if that works on building up the semen sack. And he was ordered in 2019 by the FDA to stop making illegal claims about what the products do. What were the claims? Do you know? I didn't research into what they were. He was just told to stop I'm saying, guessing some like generic health claims. They're dietary supplements from yeah. a self-help guru. <laughs> yeah. There's never been a more, I feel like, He's 90s. probably working with goop right now. <laughs> Statement. He's probably selling women Venetian marble eggs. Probably. Um, he's been married twice. The first was to another self-help author named Barbara DeAngelis. They were divorced. And he married Bonnie in 1986, and she died in 2018. Oh. Um, his youngest daughter, Lauren, now markets... The men are from Mars, women are from Venus company, hmm. through her own self-help videos. Ooh, I'd be interested in yeah. looking at those. So, about his PhD. So, he earned his PhD from Columbia Pacific University in 1982. It was court-ordered that any degrees earned after June 25th, 1997 were not valid. However, it also came up on another website, and I'll have all the information that I'm using posted on the uh, notes. Deeper research saw that anything he says he's attended has never been an accredited school. Oh, interesting. So the Columbia Pacific University was non-accredited, non-traditional distance learning. How did distance learning in the 90s happen? I'm guessing a lot of mailing stuff in and getting uh, stuff back. Remember when people used to do that? I, bet I remember colleges it out on that paper did that. that. You have to rip the, the tabs down. Yeah, right. Um, that college was forced to close and provide refunds mm -hmm. in, Calif in California. Mm -hmm. So then they moved to Montana, but closed shortly after, mm -hmm. probably because they were facing the same stuff. Um. So, yeah, what I heard about his degrees was from a website called Cult News. <laughs> so, found that kind of fitting. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, he still writes books, does seminars. So, he's still active. Yeah. Huh. And is he still preaching the same dogma? I in, wonder. In the very... It's, he claims to have changed it a little bit. Hmm. I didn't see anything. I mean, the book is still being sold. Yeah, it hasn't been edited or, or revised in any way to modernize it. Yeah. And, give me one second. I need to check something. Can I do another quote? No. I need to see what they list the author name as. Yeah. So... It's Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus by author John Gray, comma, PhD. But so it still gets published with the PhD. And he's, but he's definitely not a PhD. He's not a doctor. From everything I've read online, mm -hmm. all signs point to it's an unaccredited PhD. Okay. Okay. I'm sure probably since then he's gotten, you know, like an honorary degree. Well... Last time it was checked up on, he still contains no certified accredited PhDs hmm. or any kind of degree outside of his high school diploma. And was there any information on if his institute is still active? I mean, obviously, the books are still being sold and published. and But I wonder if, yeah, I wonder if that institute, I can't imagine it would be because I feel like he really peaked in popularity in the mid-90s, and that's 20 years ago now. So. Yeah, I don't know if that's still active. I didn't look that up. Hmm. So, how, how do you feel, especially now, because we didn't discuss the author before you started reading mm -hmm. 
I think he is a man who capitalized on some pretty obvious gender roles and stereotypes. And reinforced them. And reinforced them. And created an army of monsters out of it. He definitely created a more approachable way to be a little misogynistic, I think. <laughs> like, he made it kind of fun and cute and like, and like oh, it's of course for, we're from different planets. It's for better for everybody. And it, it almost feels defeating, the like Mars and Venus thing, because mm. it's like, you guys will never be the same. Mm-hmm. You're just completely different creatures. The book feels very much directed at justifying the way men act and telling women how they should act. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that's a, been a lot of... It feels like a book a guy would read and go, babe, you really should read this. This is really <laughs> helping us. He, he talks in this one about how how to read these books and how to get your partner to read them. Oh, fantastic. Mm -hmm. Some of them is like, read them out loud to your partner. Okay. Yeah. No, it's very, I feel very culty. I, yeah, I, it doesn't surprise me that he is not really. It's definitely grifty. Mm-hmm. This is a, it's grifty as hell. Cause he's also, I feel like kind of created a cult of personality a bit. Oh, Absolutely. This is right up QAnon and MAGA-inspired thought process. And, yeah, it is. And because it wasn't, it wasn't like he became the personality behind Men Are From Mars. No, oh, he's the leader. He, he discovered this mm-hmm. and has to share it with thousands at the airport. <laughs> I thought if somebody approached me in an airport... To try to talk to me about my relationship? You'd probably be better off. Well, if it was a man, I would be. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be approached by a woman. No. What am I going to learn from them? They're going to talk... They're just going to... What is it, randomly about Randomly about problems? about problems that... No, no, thank you. Yeah. No solution problems, randomly. I need a fixer. And you need your emotions controlled. Please. Because that's my problem. Well, I know after... I read this book. I really need to clean my sheets. And get tested. Probably get tested for <laughs> something. Get some psychological tests. Get an MRI or brain scan. Well, with all of that, thank you guys. Thank you, Kingsters, for sitting through this. This was a hard one. We're going to need to choose... A less painful book next time that we can actually. I didn't know this one was going to be so painful. No, I think we both thought we could smash it out pretty easily. It, I, we both knew it was going to be problematic. Yeah, not this bad. (laughs) There's no way something this popular was this horrendous. Should we do a recommendation? (laughs) Would we recommend this book to others? No. No, no, no. All right. Well, you've been listening to Six, Six Sheets Under. <laughs> you did it. You I did it. did it with you.